welcome to another episode of the More Than A Game podcast. And joining me on the podcast today is Patrick Sanders, a man who has played at the highest level all across the globe. And when I say all across the globe, I mean it. He's played at the highest level in Europe, in South America, had a stint in the NBA G League, but he's probably better known to our listeners for his time with the Sydney Kings in the Australian National Basketball League. He recently suited up for the North Bears in the NBL One or the newly formed NBL One East competition. And it was great to see him doing his thing um, and gracing the NBL One courts. Uh, it's great to hear. It's, we're looking forward to hearing his story and his insights here today. So, Patrick Sanders, welcome to the More Than a Game podcast. Hey, Dan, thanks for having me. Uh, had some technical difficulties over the oh, last know, couple of weeks, but we, <laughs> we, did, we definitely got it sorted, which is good. We did, absolutely, mate. It's uh, been a long time coming, but we finally got there. Hopefully yeah. this recording works and uh, we'll go from there. But uh, as I said, it was good to see you on the NBL One court. So I was actually watching the game early in the season and, and saw you and your name come up. And I was like, is that Patrick Sanders that played for the Sydney Kings? And sure enough, it was. And I reached out and you're all too kind to come on the podcast. But uh, first of all, how did that come about, uh, jumping on to the courts with the North Bears? Well, um, I got a buddy that played on the team, Anatoly Bowes. Um, and actually this started because I was, obviously from retiring, I was moving into the corporate space and getting out of COVID. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was actually my wife's idea. She was like, oh, why don't you play? And I was like, play where? <laughs> and she was like, oh, well, they have, like, it doesn't have to be NBL. It could be, uh, they have, like, the, the state league, the World Child League. And mm. then she was like, you should message Anatoly and see if you yeah. could get on the team. So I messaged him. Um, and he said he'd get back to the coach. But he was just joking. He was actually shocked that I, I wanted to play. Um, but then I played with them in 2021. Um, obviously that season was cut short so it was only like five or six games but enjoyed it um and then played this previous season under slightly different circumstances because obviously i went back to the state so i missed about three to four weeks of the season um then i was working full-time family uh school you know so so it was a lot so i wasn't wasn't really able to dedicate as much time as i normally due to the game but it was still fun it was still fun and we are we were able to get on a good run and uh, do pretty well oh, you guys are great and i think um just the experience of um you know some of the younger guys playing against you know players like yourself and some of the old nbl guys that were playing in that uh, competition it, it really made for a competitive environment uh, how did you find it was it a high level the nbl one east competition yeah, no, it was, it, was a, it was a pretty good level. Uh, each team has kind of their own unique style. And, and like you mentioned, you got the combination of like guys with experience and guys without experience. So it makes for so it makes for an interesting basketball game because everyone's at different levels. So it's almost like it's a bit weird. Like it's, it's actually a bit different from, from any, any type of competition I've ever played in uh, because obviously like some of the guys on the team, like I'm literally twice their age. So, you know, it's like I can't yell at him like he doesn't, know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you just got to be yeah. patient and, and encourage and just, you know, talk and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You see yourself coming back for another season next year or? 
Man, it, it, it's 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 going to be tough. Uh, we actually sent our oldest to the states, so she's going to high finishing up high school there, and so mm-hmm. obviously we have to go over there, and we probably have to spend about four or five weeks, and then also working full time, and then finishing up my master's program. So oh, yeah. it's going to be a challenge. I think uh, it'll be a last minute decision for me. Um, mm-hmm. Although I enjoyed like the season this year, like, man, I was tired, like at the end, because we had some injuries. So I could play like way too many minutes and I was not in shape for that. Like I was in shape. (laughs) You know, I told Coach Coach Matt, I was like, man, I'm in shape for about, you know, 20, 25. And then all of a sudden it went from like 35 to 40. I'm like, bro, I I can't, I can't do this. (laughs) Yeah. Gosh, mate. That's a heavy toll. Yeah, and yes. it's even even worse yeah. when you play that on Sunday. Then you got to get up and go to work on Monday. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. It's not like the old days, eh? No, well, not mate, at all, man. <laughs> well, let's talk about those old days because um, it hasn't been too long since you stood up uh, in the professional leagues. But as I said, you're probably most well known to our listeners for your time with the Sydney Kings. You had a year in the NBL, and. Yep. Uh, it was actually the year that the Kings came back after a two-year hiatus. Um, yep. the, it's well documented that the, the team went into administration because of dodgy ownership and uh, it got reignited and the brand uh, relaunched back in the season you played. So did you know much about a situation when you started with the Sydney Kings? Did you know much about the history and, and what was that uh, season like playing in the NBL? Well, I actually started the season in Europe. Uh, for a Euro Cup team in Latvia, um, in that situation, it wasn't it wasn't great for me. Um, you know, if anyone's ever played in Eastern Europe, they know exactly what I'm talking about. It's definitely not for everybody. Um, and so I uh, left there around like the October November period, and the agency I was signed to at the time um, told me about a job here which was kind of polar opposite in terms of like weather and lifestyle. Um, they did say that kind of got off to a rocky start um, mm. and, they, and they did. Uh, but I, I was game for the challenge. I think at that time I was, I was probably about 25, 26, maybe 25, 26. So um, yeah, I came on down, um, had, had fun like instantly. Um, with, with the guys, every everyone was really nice. It was a lot of energy around, like you said. You know, it's kind of that first year back, and then playing in the in the city where was was de- was definitely pretty cool. Um, yeah, no, I mean, when I first came down, I was actually surprised at kind of how physical it was. Like it's like a like a to- it's it's similar to the American style of basketball. Well, it was then. The styles changed, but back then, like um, everyone, everyone, the size was everyone was pretty big. Um, the pace was really slow. It was like more defensive oriented per se. Um, so it was a bit different, a bit physical, but it but it was fun. Mm. Absolutely, that's mm-hmm. awesome. And I think um, having those experience uh, as a set of coming in and playing for a team with such rich history would have been incredible. Um, and obviously the disappointment of missing out in those two years uh, would have really, well, I, I remember just the, the fans came out and really got behind the team. Um, but uh, it was a tough season for you. Um, the team didn't do that great. But um, I guess because you are in Sydney now, um, as um, you watch the NBL now, have you seen a progression in the level from what it was when you played 
uh, to what it is now. Um, you still watch it, still, um, you know, you still uh, watch it closely or not yeah, so much? Uh, no, well, I'm going to correct something. So when I yeah. got to the team, I think they were like one and eight or one and nine. And then we ended yeah. up with like 12 or 13 wins. So I did, I, yeah. I kind of did yeah. make a bit of a difference. So I'm going to leave it there. Uh, but yeah. as far as basketball in the country, it's definitely grown. I think uh, having Australians in the NBA gets Australians excited about, about the game. And, and you kind of mm-hmm. see that globally. People from other countries, when they get to go to the NBA, their country tends to follow. And you see mm-hmm. kind of that pickup within basketball. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously having uh, a daughter who plays, um, you can mm-hmm. see like at the grassroots level, at the kids' level, it's mm. definitely grown. Like there's so many teams at these associations, like the gyms are never free in mm. boys and girls, you know, uh, which is really cool. And you have, you have kids actually wanting to go to the States and play um, mm. or, you know, decide to play state league or, or different things like that. Uh, and mm. another thing that's interesting is obviously when I first came down here, they would show NBA like once a week. And then when I moved down here permanently, when I got married, it was, it was a little bit more. But now it's literally like every day on ESPN, they show the game. So that just tells you right there kind of the growth of the game in, in, in Australia. 100%. I guess it's, it's, it is chalk and cheese, the difference between growing up in America compared to Australia. But yeah, as you said, we've just seen this resurgence at grassroots level. And a big part of that's NBA again, but the NBL doing so great. But uh, if I can take you back to your childhood and, and growing up in the States, I believe you're born in California and um, would have been in and around basketball, no doubt. But uh, what was it like? I guess the comparison, you can't really make comparisons as opposed to like it's a huge sport in the States, obviously. But um, what was it like for you growing up and uh, how did you get involved uh, with the game of basketball? Uh, it was just natural, um, like in the city. You know, there's not really any fields, so you're not playing soccer, mm-hmm. you know. No one really has, you know, people may have a baseball bat, but you don't have the glove or different things. But everyone <laughs> everyone has a ball. So yeah, sure. um, that, that was kind of the sport. But, you know, we grew up, we played outside. So, you know, I would play um, in my grandmother's backyard for hours with my cousin, play at the park, play at school. So, um my start was more so like playing with my friends and playing in the neighborhood then it went to more organized um whereas now it's like you start off playing organized (laughs) whereas that that's that's not what we did so yeah man my my childhood was spent i played played all sports but it was mostly spent outside uh, at the courts at the park really you know Mm. that's awesome and obviously yeah Made your mark and uh, worked your way up the ranks. You had a stint or you spent time at the University of California, Irvine, I believe, and mm-hmm. uh, played NCAA there. Had an incredible career. Uh, by uh, looking at the statistics, you led the team in scoring in your final year, I believe. And um, for those of you who are not aware of the NCAA and how it works, um, obviously, it was Division One, I, I believe, that you played as well. So mm-hmm. uh, what was that level of competition like? Obviously, everyone there wants to make that mark, wants to hopefully, you know, dreams of playing in the NBA. Um, what kind of school was uh, US Irvine, uh, UC Irvine? And, um, yeah, what were your experiences like playing in that college system? Uh, well, it, it's different, man. Um, high school kids, when they go to college, I think 
Um, many feel like it's going to be easy, but it's a totally different game. You're playing against some, in some cases, grown men. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the conditioning, the physicality, um, the consistency of which you have to play is something that is learned through hard work and time. Um, mm-hmm. Very few players come in ready. Um, right. You know, so, so it takes a bit of time. Uh, at mm-hmm. Irvine, like my first year, I didn't play that much, like at all. Um, mm-hmm. But got in the lab uh, in the off season. And then I was pretty much like a three-year starter from like my sophomore year to my senior year. Uh, and then did the like the all-conference stuff like my junior year and then senior year um but but it was tough it was a, it was a it was a lot of hard work man a, a lot of hard work uh because they're like it's and I, I'd imagine even more so now like you know people's livelihoods to I mean the coaching staff and stuff you know if you don't win you know like people may get fired so it's a certain it's a certain level of intensity almost like pro level um, but it, I, I enjoyed my time there, um, because I was local Irvine is just in Orange County, so it's not too far. So a lot of my family and friends were able to come see me play, um, when, when I, when I was in college, so it was really good. That's awesome. That's, uh, yeah. makes it a bit easier, I guess, to transition into college. Oh, oh yeah, no, absolutely, man. And looking back, uh, obviously all my family weren't able to see me play professionally, um, you know, playing all over the world, but I, I remember those moments and they're quite fun in them uh, when I was in college. I can imagine. So I guess for the uh, Australian side of things, when I was growing up playing, you know, college was a legitimate pathway. Um, a lot of guys I played with took, um, but it's probably bigger now in terms of the amount of uh, Australians going over and playing and Guys like uh, Paddy Mills and Matthew Delavidova at St Mary's. There's been a whole contingent of Australians that have come through, and I guess uh, a lot of coaches look now to Australians, uh, which is great. Um, I guess uh, my question around uh, college, I believe there was a Australian that you roomed with. That was your first t- taste of um, the Aussie culture. Is that right? Or was he yeah, playing yeah. with you? Or just the- yeah, no, that's right. He, he was on a team. He was uh, one year older than me. His name was Nick Campbell. Uh, okay. we were actually roommates one year yeah. Mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, nah, he was, he was a great guy, uh, super cool, just never got worked up, which is, which is interesting because Australians are a bit fiery and always ready, <laughs> ne- never fight, but we'll talk, uh, talk a big game until they're yeah. about to fight. He was yeah. like the most laid back guy ever. <laughs> so I, you know, when I first came to Australia, I was like, man, why is everyone so amped up? You know, yeah. I thought you guys yeah. were relaxed. Um, <laughs> but no, no, he's, he's a good guy. And we check him from time to time Yeah, as well. Awesome. Yeah. So you're learning your lingo while you're roomed with him? I didn't learn. I didn't learn any really Aussie lingo then. Um, I, I learned some when I first came down. Um, obviously, you know, hearing like coach talk and whatnot and like some mm-hmm. stuff, I was just lost. I was like, wait, what did he say? Like, oh, that, oh that, that means that, you know, type yeah. of thing. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I can imagine that the other the other way around is true as well. I remember going to the States and just people really struggle trying to understand what you're saying. And, yeah, I, think <laughs> I can relate to that. It's, um, you actually, while you're there, you're obviously coached by um, Ian Rebilliard. Uh, well-known Sydney Kings uh, legend, yeah. but also I actually, um, I actually got a, I actually got a, I've actually got a crazy story. I actually saw yeah. Ian. So, yeah. Obviously, he coached at Central Coast, 
So played against sure. them. Then I actually saw him like a couple weeks ago because we had a conference at the at the place where I work. So he's obviously oh, yeah. he's a director at one of the clubs. So I ran yeah, into right. him and was able to rub it in that I beat him uh, <laughs> <laughs> a couple months prior. But no, it was it was good to see him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The inaugural coach back when they came back. But you also um, had Bob Turner there. He was part of the reason they got back up and running. And obviously, mm-hmm. King's legend, coach, administrator, still involved. Um, what was it like um, being around Bob? And um, what did you learn off him in terms of, uh, I guess, any wisdom that he shared with you at the time that you took into your career? Yeah, no. Um, when I first came in, Bob was one of the first people I met, and he was really nice. Um, and he just said, you know, just just work hard, and and you know, you need to just do 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 the best you can, and it'll be enough, and the fans will be able to gravitate to you, mm. try to create some excitement out there, and that's just you know kind of what I tried to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's a good guy. He's doing some yeah. great stuff in the uh, sporting administration world still, but. Yeah. Uh, from college, you moved, uh, I believe, well, you were undrafted in the NBA draft, um, but mm-hmm. you suited up and got uh, a contract with uh, the Sacramento Kings in the Summer League and, and got that experience. That would have been a pretty awesome experience. And can you share to our, uh, share to our listeners or for our listeners just, again, the competitive nature and the cutthroat nature of the NBA? You can imagine, again, just um, how full-on it is, but yet still a great experience for yourself to – uh, to suit up and play in the summer league at the very least. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it was good. Um, coming out of a smaller school back then, I didn't get that many uh, NBA workouts, so I, I got a few. Mm. And uh, Sacramento picked me up to play. I didn't play much, um, but I did. I did play a little bit. Got a chance to really practice, which was good, uh, and compete. Uh, but no, I enjoyed the experience. We, we were living in Vegas in the Palms, you know, oh, yeah. and you got like 120 bucks a day for food. So I was like oh. fresh out of college. So yeah. that was, I mean, that was fine for me. hundred <laughs> uh, percent. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that was fine for me. So I, I didn't mind it one bit. Uh, but yeah, no, no, it was fun. It was fun. I, I enjoyed it. Were there any guys that you played with or against that uh, are really kicking on and, and made a name for themselves? That you're well, like, I'm a bit older. So, like, most of those guys are pretty much out of the league. Um, mm. So, I think uh, – who was I playing with on the Kings? Uh, a guy named Jason Thompson. He played about 10 years in the NBA. Um, mm. One of the games that I did play in, Gerald Green played in, uh, who won oh, the dunk yeah. contest a couple of years. Super yeah. athletic. Uh, that was that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, no, nah, because of my age, like most of the guys that that played at that time were are out of the NBA. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah getting on a bit, mate. <laughs> you start to realize I, that when anyone else retiring, eh? I am, man. I realized <laughs> it when uh, with North, someone was like, uh, I was like, oh, how old are you? Oh, I'm 17. What? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I turn 18 That's only a few years older. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Only a few years younger, mate. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> still killing it, though, from what I saw. Still got, still got it. But, um, oh, man, trying. Trying. It's more, <laughs> it's more footwork and fakes than athleticism, you know, these yeah. days. <laughs> See, I, I, I know the feeling. As I said, tried to make a comeback this year. And, yeah, athleticism was uh, next to zero. So, yeah, struggled yeah. big time. But, um. <laughs> 
as I said, great experience. And yeah, I had the opportunity to travel the world. Um, what a great career you've had. And as I said, spent most of your time in Argentina and uh, in South America, but you did have stints in Europe and Latvia, as you said. Um, just for our listeners and those who wouldn't be too familiar with those leagues, I can imagine, again, the cutthroat nature of them, particularly being an import, having to perform. Uh, what were those experiences like? And um, I can imagine how amazing it was to see the world and playing at the same time. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was really good. And at, at the time, you know, I just I love re- I really love to play um, and had an opportunity to play. Um, and so I, you know, I just tried to try to maximize my talent and ability. Um, looking back now, I'm like with some of the rules and like the way it is, I'm just like, man, like it's just a very pressure filled situation because I mean, it's it's one of the only jobs where, you know, if you don't perform like the locals, you know, they have their job, but, mm-hmm. you know, they're able to interchange you. So it's 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 actually it's tough, man. It's and they're mm-hmm. always recruiting. There's always a new crop of, uh, mm-hmm. of players coming in. Um, mm-hmm. So you so you really have to stay in your game, you know, um, but, you know, you literally you have to go to another country, assimilate to the language, the living, the teammates, the plays, the style of the style of ball. It's, it's, it's really, it's really interesting, but it's, I feel like it, though, those kind of tests and those trials just, you know, just made me an all around like better person being able to adapt um, mm. to pretty much, to pretty much anything. Um, mm. But yeah, no, the your European leagues were good. South America's good. Uh, Asia's good. Um, yeah, no, I had a had, had a great time all around. No doubt, and uh, I guess as I said, the, you know the nature of it, it is so cutthroat being an import. But uh, just drawing on what got you through that time, um, what did you look to for inspiration? I guess to be able to perform at the highest level, you know, day in, day out, week in, week out. I can imagine you know, it'd be hard to get up for it all the time, and just with the pressure of having to perform. So what was the key thing that sort of inspired you or that you looked to this sort of, you know, drive, yeah. keep that drive? No, I've always been like a very, um, I'm believer, believer in Christ, uh, a, lot, a lot of prayer, yeah. a lot, a lot of reading. Um, and it, and, and it kind of helped calm me. Uh, looking back yeah. now, I kind of see the pressure and different things like that. But when I was in it, I didn't really yeah. see it like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I tend to uh, kind of operate as though it, it was impossible to fail. And I mm-hmm. think with that mindset, if you if you play and mm-hmm. you you try and perform thinking that you're, oh, I don't want to make a mistake. That's like literally the worst thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go out there to do your best, chances are, you know, if you put in the time, put in the preparation, um, that you know your 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 best will definitely show more often than not. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think too um, when you talk about some of the greats of our game, you know your Kobe's, your MJ's, uh, these guys are able to deal with pressure. I guess in the most toughest of situations where a lot of players would probably falter or make a mistake, but they had the knack of time and time again hitting that game winning shot or making the play. Um, I guess in terms of uh, translating that. You know, dealing with pressure into uh, real life. Have you found what you've learned from playing the game 
helpful when you go into now the corporate world or your working career and I guess different stresses and pressures with children and, and marriage and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, uh, you talked about your faith, but yeah, um, what what do you draw on and how do you deal with that pressure now? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, you know, it's crazy is when you um, it, it help it helps you be able to kind of adapt. Obviously, like your people skills will be great because you've been able to work with all types of people, all different kinds of pressure situations. So you know how to talk to people in different different situations. Your body language is always right. Um, it's just little kind of soft skills that, that you pick up that kind of make the difference when you're entering into uh, the business world. So in terms of kids, man, you just learn like patience. Um, obviously, newfound energy because you know when they're young, no, no, no one's really getting any sleep, but you still press on. As I'm sure, as I'm sure you can relate. But yeah, that's been pretty much some of the lessons uh, that I learned. Just kind of just being able to just go in a room and feel comfortable, um, and uh, and just relate to pretty much you know people from all walks of life. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, mate. Good, some good advice. Um, a big part of this podcast is to sort of encourage um, stories but also unearth key virtues around um, life, leadership, whatever the case may be. And uh, it's came out my career playing, obviously not playing professionally, but mm-hmm. I learned so much playing at the level that I did that I've now been able to apply to life. So we've spoken about dealing with pressure and uh, those sort of things, um, what you draw on for inspiration, but are there any other lessons that you learned from uh, playing the game at the highest level, they've been able to translate it into your life today. Yeah, um, that if you if you if you stick with something long enough, um, you and it's something that you really want to do and you're passionate about, you'll you'll get your desired results. Mm. Uh, it's just a matter of, of just focus, de- focus, dedication, and preparation. So. Um, that's one of the biggest things I learned um, mm. throughout my career. Like I started, you know, I, I feel like I've got, I got better uh, each year, um, adding mm. something different um, mm. and just kind of took that same mindset uh, within the, within the corporate world, you know, just mm. try to improve um, what it is that I do, you know, each and every day, learn from my mistakes and just, just try and get better. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that focus, dedication, and preparation. If I can drill down into the preparation aspect, how much preparation did you do uh, before a game? I, I saw a uh, picture of Scotty Pippen recently just doing video and uh, just you know, his preparation. Obviously, Michael Jordan as well. Uh, those two are two of the best yeah. in our game. But um, what was the preparation? Uh, yeah, I, like I was. Yeah, I was never a big like worker out before the game, um, hmm. but. Like during the week in preparation for practice, yes. So I lift weights, shoot before and after practice. Uh, I was actually talking with someone uh, the other day, and they, they were asking um, me, like, how many shots do you think you've made, like, in your life? And I was like, ah, uh, maybe close to like a million. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe close to like a million because, you know, I, I would shoot uh, after practice every day, at least like mm. 150 or 200 shots. And you do that, mm. you know, five days a week mm. for 10 months, for mm. 12, 11, 12 years. Plus, you got the off season, you know, where you're getting up, you know, anywhere from like a thousand to two thousand shots a week. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so it it, it adds up, man. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, def- I definitely I definitely put in my time. Definitely put in my time, which is probably why, you know, I can still play a little bit now because mm-hmm. uh, I kind of put, put a lot of work in when I was younger. Absolutely. And what does that preparation look like today in your working career and as a child, as a, um, a parent with children, young children? Um, how does that preparation uh, learning uh, translate today? Man, uh, with kids, it doesn't because you can't prepare for them. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 yeah, it's just kind of a spontaneous thing. But as far as as far as work, um, I you know I, I get to work in early. I prepare. Just try and, you know, kind of clear my mind before the day starts, uh, set a schedule, you know, stick to it and think, things like that. It's more so time management um, as opposed to actually doing, uh, you know, the actual tasks and things like that. Mm. That's awesome, mate. Great stuff. Again, focus, dedication, preparation, some good advice there. Uh, just to finish up, um, just in terms of uh, – other aspects of your life, you're married to Prinny Stevens, who people may not know, mm-hmm. uh, former uh, singer on The Voice and um, a great singer, great performer. So how did how do you guys meet? How did that um, happen? Well, well obviously Prini, we know the key. Yeah, yeah. So she actually sung the national anthem at the game uh, right. that I was playing, it. and then that's kind of yeah. how we first met. We had a mutual friend um, that connected us. Um, and then, you know, kind of that relationship started and, and for the next, like, you know, I, it took me a while to say I was ready. I was still, you know, kind of young, so I wasn't, yeah. ready. I wasn't ready to settle down. Um, but you know, a great woman learned, learned a lot about myself, you know, with her, um, you know, she, she's awesome. Um, you know, she, she gives me inspiration as well. You know, she's really good at what she does. Um, you know, see her work and become inspired and pushes me to work, work even harder and do better. That's awesome. Uh, obviously, she made a return to her voice a few years back and obviously did a great job again. What was the nerve levels like watching her back performing, doing her thing on TV? Was it, were you more nervous suiting up for a game or getting ready for a game or watching her on TV? <laughs> yeah, well, no, well, I actually wasn't, I actually wasn't here. So I was actually playing. Oh, yeah. And I think mm. she brought the girls on, on with her. Um, right. she, she had the girls with her because I, I wasn't mm. here. Um, mm. But when she told me that she was going to do it, you know, we in our mm. family, you know, we we support each other in whatever it is that we do. And uh, mm. we make it work as a family. And, uh, yeah, and I, I, th- I thought she was amazing, you know, mm. as always. The judges got it wrong, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, mate. Good to hear. Well, mate, I've loved hearing your insights and story here today. Um, it's been a pleasure and uh, all the best. Talented family, no doubt. Uh, but if you do set up next season again for the uh, North Bears, all the best for that. And and congratulations on a great career, mate. But uh, Patrick Sanders, well, uh, thank you for joining us on the More Than a Game podcast. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Um, all right, awesome, oh, good. Let, let me run in here and see what the wife is talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 good, hope, I hope I'm not in trouble. Speak soon, man, and I hope no everyone feel better. Thanks, mate. Likewise. Try and catch All up right. soon. See you, All mate. Right,